Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I need to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome. September 26, 2017, your host Frank Arone here, lovely fall night in uh, beautiful Minnesota, Had, uh, got a little workout in here tonight, went over to Lafayette for some dinner, so I'm all fueled up and ready to go here as we uh, attack NFL week four, so uh, as always, like we do every week, let's uh, head out to Vegas and check in with Rob, bring him on the pod, how you doing there Rob? Frank, how's it going? Not too bad, how about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good, ready to roll here into week four. Um, so I guess first we'll start it off with, uh, like we always do, with a little recap of last week. The Weekend Recap. So personally, last week was kind of an interesting week for me, but before I get into it too much, uh, how was your, how did week three treat you there, Rob? Yeah, it's kind of weird, as you said. I mean, it was a pretty good day all in all. I think uh, we could all agree on that, um, just for fo- football fans all together pretty crazy sunday especially those early those early slate games that last half hour there but uh as a, from a betting perspective i made quite a bit uh, it was a pretty good day but um and my plays didn't do too do too hot of one and two but uh all in all my plays i had together i when a lot of underdogs and especially home dogs are covering and winning outright it's usually gonna be a good day for from my perspective and usually like the sports books i'm gonna be mostly on the same side as them so um yeah pretty good day all together from a betting perspective but kind of a little mad I didn't make more money to be honest but that's usually how it goes yeah basically the same story for me I, of my official releases the Vikings got there pretty easily after uh they ended up going off I guess they went off about pick them but I got them as a dog there Sunday morning uh before there was a little buyback and then um the Chargers which you know just I still don't hate the bet but never really was super live and uh, and then lost the first official release, lost that Carolina under because they didn't end up releasing it until it got down to 46 and a half. So I ended up technically going one and two on my releases, which isn't too good. But um, you know, did did pretty good on my personal bets. So I did a pretty bad job of narrowing down the card. But more importantly, uh, I'd say uh, if you look at the pick of the week last week, I released that Carolina Saints under at 47 at the time we released the podcast. And uh, I ended up landing on 47, so officially I got a push there on the pick of the week. But I personally got it at 47.5 before we did the podcast, and then I ended up releasing it Sunday morning at 46.5. So there's a perfect example of uh, you know why the number is so important. Uh, personally, I won the bet. Uh, according to the pick of the week for the podcast listeners, if you tailed me right away, you pushed the bet. And if you waited and tailed my play on Sunday morning, you ended up losing the bet. So... Three three bets that are all the same bet and three different outcomes. So it just goes to show you, you know how how important it is to get the best of the number. And you know I definitely feel kind of bad about losing it as a release when I won it personally. But you know that's the way it goes. And and uh, hopefully I'll try to 
do be a little bit better at my release timing and you're going forward and try to avoid that in the future. Yeah, and speaking so. of that, I think I'll add uh, that's be part of and add that as a little short segment next week. We'll be adding any uh, any plays that happen to change the outcome just from the number if you get a better number. So we'll be adding that segment to look forward to that next week. Yeah, the little thing one, just the importance of the number each week. Look at all the games where the number came into play, depending on where you bet it. There's usually almost every week there's at least a game or two or a few or totals or whatever where. Depending on when you bet it in the week, you could have been a winner or loser regardless of what side you were on. So we're going to kind of bring those into the focus and make mention of them here, like Rob said, with a new segment here going forward. Um, so start that up next week. So anyway, let's uh, jump into it here with week four. Uh, first of off, we got a Thursday night game, a uh, little local game here at the NFC North Showdown. We got Chicago at Green Bay. Looks like Green Bay's laying about seven at home with a total of 45 and a half or so. Yeah, that's one here. I had Green Bay, uh, my guess was Green Bay minus nine, power rating nine and a half actually. Uh, opener at the Westgate, seven and a half, and the look ahead was Green Bay minus 12. That's what I had, and I think it's kind of, uh, could be 11, 12, something like that, but definitely double-digit favorite as a look ahead, so... You see the adjustment made here by the bookmakers, uh, kind of crazy, I think, and in my eyes, I think it might even be an over-adjustment. I'm not really high on Green Bay by any means, but uh, as, as, as I said, that's a pretty key adjustment going through key number of 10 and then now down all the way to 7 at uh, a lot of shops and then a few 7.5s with some, some juice on Chicago. So, it's, yeah, like I said, I'm kind of, cra- kind of surprised it came in this low. It seems kind of hard to believe. They're basically saying, I mean, obviously some Cincy money came in late, but they're saying Cincy and Chicago are about evenly uh, priced teams, which maybe maybe isn't far off, I guess, but definitely at the start of the season that would have been pretty crazy. You're just judging off the season win totals. That's ridiculous. So kind of interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't know if I want to keep t- telling Chicago. So, I mean, I think the only way I'd be looking here is Green Bay, especially if it, if any more Chicago money comes in, which it definitely could be. So um, if I can get a six and a half, I might be on Green Bay side here laying the points at home. Uh, I know they're kind of banged up on, especially on the offensive line and Rodgers hasn't looked fantastic, but this is a, this is a game where I won't be surprised at all if they came out after looking, you know, sneaking by last week and, coming back at home and, and looking pretty sharp against a Chicago uh, team that's I think has got quite a few flaws and even them they got a lot of injuries themselves so not don't love the game either way but I think uh, if I'm gonna be looking one way I might be looking at Green Bay uh, and laying the points here in a Thursday night game affair yeah see I think it's interesting that you compared Chicago and and Cincy um, as my first thought here was doing the um, kind of the opposite um you know, if you give a team three for standard home field and Green Bay's, I think you could argue is even higher than that. I know some people uh, that I respect have them rated as one of the top five high, highest home fields in the league, so you could give them three and a half or even four. But say you just give them a standard three, and then you give Chicago last week a standard three for their home field advantage. Um, so if you flip it and you had um, Green Bay at Chicago here, you're saying that Green Bay would be laying one at Chicago? And then you look at last week, and Pittsburgh was laying seven at Chicago. So you're saying either they over-adjusted a ton just from last week, uh, or they're saying Pittsburgh is six points better than Green Bay. That just doesn't really add up. When yeah, you, exactly. When you start putting you know A to B and B to C, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I was hoping this number was going to be higher. I guessed nine, uh, right around where you did too, and figured that I was going to have to be debating whether I wanted to jump in on Chicago again or not, but... At seven, I think, yeah, it's a pretty easy pass. And if it does go under that, like you said, uh, I'd be kind of tempted to take Green Bay. Or 
if it wasn't a Thursday night game, I'd be really tempted to, to tease Green Bay up and down the board like I did with New England a couple weeks ago against the Saints. But uh, I just don't feel like having too much risk or vulnerability on a Thursday night game when when who really knows with with the Green Bay's injuries on the line and in Chicago. I, I think with Chicago, it'll be interesting to see with this being a road game if they're kind of a home road dichotomy team. Because they've had two pretty impressive performances at home, and then got absolutely drilled on the road. So, um, if if they do get drilled again here against Green Bay, uh, it might be something to take uh, into account going forward. Is maybe they're just a team that can kind of hang at home, but uh, doesn't really have a whole lot going on the road. And maybe that's something we could fade in the future. Um, next up, we got another London game this week. Two weeks in a low in a row. I kind of like that London game. It's kind of nice. Wake up in the morning, you know, getting your fantasy set lineup set up and, and scouting the line moves and everything. And you kind of have one game on in the background, even though it wasn't much of a game last week with the, the Jacksonville just steamrolling Baltimore. But, you know, maybe we'll have a little bit better one this week. We got New Orleans and, um, against Miami. Miami's technically the quote-unquote home team here. Uh looks like New Orleans is about a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite, somewhere in there, two-and-a-half with juice, and a total of 49, 49 and a half. Yeah, my guess here, New Orleans minus one, power rating, New Orleans minus one and a half. The Westgate opened, New Orleans minus one and a half, and the look ahead was Miami minus one. So again, uh, pretty big adjustment, Then you also had some money come in hard on, on New Orleans. Not not hard, but a little bit of money come on New Orleans, pushing up to two and a half and some threes like you're saying. So kind of crazy. Uh, again, an, an over-adjustment, I think, potentially, or at least that's where I'd look to uh, just after one game performance. And obviously have New Orleans with the big offense, and Miami looking pretty dud-like against uh, the Jets in that divisional matchup. So uh, that'd be the way I'm looking is towards Miami. And, but there's a few things do worry me with that, just with, with Cutler a little bit, but um, more so just the travel that they've had. I think I've heard that mentioned a few times, but nothing new there. But definitely is concerning is how much they've traveled uh, and then going to London. Um, so that's going to be, and especially after a divisional game, that they didn't really show up for. So I would expect them to you know, have their greatest effort, but uh, – like I said, the travel is going to be a pr- pretty big key here. So, uh, But to me, it's going to be either Miami or pass. So we'll have to see uh, if I can get to the window before game time or not. Yeah, this is just a game. It's like, can you really trust anybody here? Especially when you throw in the travel factor and the London deal and everything. And uh, I mean, they're both coming off division games that were kind of messy lower scoring games, even though the New Orleans, I guess, ended up getting over. But um it's still just kind of it's just a game where I just don't really trust anybody. I'd be kind of tempted to try to take this over with New Orleans because I think they're, you know, especially in this role, um, definitely an over team, and I think Miami can kind of go either way. But at forty nine, forty nine and a half, it's you know, it's not a super tempting price when you don't fully believe in uh, you know both sides of the equation necessarily put up the points. So. Um, that's I'd lean over, but I don't know if I'm going to quite get there. And then as far as the side goes, I just don't really trust either team at all. I think I saw, I heard somebody making the case that New Orleans might be a lot better than we think because they kind of ran into a buzzsaw opening night against the Vikes on uh, prime time. And then they came back and played a pissed off New, or- uh, New England team week two. And, and so and then they obviously played pretty good against Carolina, but I just don't think I'm really willing to buy into that yet. Um, I still am not super high in New Orleans. I just thought Carolina played a pretty sloppy, awful game, specifically Cam last week. So 
Um, I kind of want to fade New Orleans, but I also don't trust Miami enough to do it. But I, that's the way I would lean would be Miami. I just don't know if I have enough faith that they're going to have a bounce back after that horrible Jets performance. I, just really, I wasn't super high on Miami coming into the year, and then they've kind of given us you know, a decent performance and an awful performance. So who knows exactly what they're going to be going forward. So for me, I'm just going to probably stay away from this one and, and look towards the, uh, the early games here. So the first game of the early games, we got Carolina at New England. Uh, New England's about 8.5 with a total of 48.5. Yeah, my guess here, New England minus 7.5. Power rating, New England minus 7. Opener, New England minus 8.5. And, and the look ahead line I had is 3, but it must have been a typo on the on the website I took it from. I think uh, I, I looked it up. I just haven't updated it on my sheet. I think it, the look ahead was either 8.5 or 9, if I remember right. So not a whole lot of adjustment there. But I don't know. Another game, it's... I think you're again maybe getting a point or two of value on Carolina, but they just look so so not there. Especially Cam, he just hasn't looked the same. And I'm kind of, I've kind of expected him. Uh, I think I said after the first week, I kind of expect him to bounce back and look a little bit better and get into shape and better form. But it really hasn't happened like that. So I don't know if I want to keep chasing that. Not that I've been betting Carolina much, but I, I like the Saints last week a little bit. But it's uh, you're, you're clearly getting some value here on, on Carolina. I think. Uh, I think New England's still pretty high, highly valued and a little overvalued probably, I'd say. But, again, it's a deal where if you bet against New England, you're not going to be making money long term. So I think this is a pretty easy stay away for me, even though my power ratings say I should look towards the Carolina side. It's or Maybe I look at them at 10, and there's a chance it gets to 10, actually. I'd, actually a pretty decent chance. I'll be waiting until game time, and I'll have to make the decision then. It's kind of a similar thing like usual in taking the team that no one really wants uh, against a better team. So we'll say, see if I can get to 10 and might hop on at 10 but like I said I'm not super in on Carolina either because I think they got quite a few problems to, to take care of so yeah I'd, I'd bet quite a bit this doesn't get to 10 or if it does it gets bought back immediately but um, we'll see because I'd, I'd say I, I might have a small bet on it here at eight and a half or nine because I do think Carolina's got a little bit more than than they've shown the last couple of weeks I didn't end up betting them last week even though I know that's I was definitely leaning that way but uh, and their defense just got absolutely throttled for some reason. But I think their defense is definitely better than they showed last week. So I'd expect a little bit of a bounce back effort here. If it got to ten, I'd I'd hammer Carolina. Um, but even as it stands, like I just don't think New England's the same team as they've been. Like their their defense is just it's pretty spotty. And I know I saw you know Watson was moving it pretty good on them, and I'm, I'm not super high on Houston's offense. So I feel like this is a pretty good spot for Cam to. Not necessarily return to his MVP form from a couple of years ago, but at least re- return to a respectable level. And uh, so I think New England can have a decent amount of success offensively against Carolina's defense, and still not necessarily be able to cover the double digits that they need to to, to cover the game. So um, I just I think this is a lot of points to lay, even though I still think Belichick and Brady are great, obviously, and their offense is going to put up points. It's just a lot of points to lay with their defense being such a liability. Um, even though they didn't give up a ton of points last week to Houston, I still just don't have any faith that even a mediocre offense isn't going to be able to have a lot of success against them. And the way you lose this bet, I guess, is if Carolina can't even return to mediocre offensive level, which they really haven't been this year. So there, you are put a little bit of a leap of faith in, uh, in, in Carolina being able to bounce back. But, Oh, I was, okay. So they did give up 33 points last week to Houston. I didn't realize it was that high of a scoring of a game. So yeah, I mean they've they've been getting torched every single week. So it's hard to be laying eight nine points when you're giving up 30 points a game. But 
Um, we'll see. At, at eight, I don't or eight and a half. It's not worthy of a, of a huge bet for me, but I think it's worthy of a little nibble because, like you said, I think there is a couple points of value there in Carolina. Yeah, and then the other thing I want to mention too, I didn't talk about the total, but that's already taken quite a bit of a hit up from forty-seven and a half the opener up to forty-eight and a half, forty-nine. But the the one interesting part is Pinnacle staying hanging heavy at forty-eight, so I can tell that that's where I saw this total because I was a little late to my do my numbers, which obviously uh, just hurt myself because I missed a few of the early numbers when they first come out. So that's uh, always a pain. But when I saw this total, it seemed like a little high to me. And sitting at 49, especially if it ticks any higher than that, which I don't think it will, but I think under 49 would be a decent bet. I think that's a pretty high total, even though that's obviously what people are betting on is New England have a lot of offense and not much defense. But I think this game would be still going to be high score, but I don't think it's going to get to that 49 mark. I think it'd be it's a tad too high, so I just want to touch on that. Yeah, so far the New England totals points scored in their games have been 69, 56, and 69. So there's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that trend continues. But um, yeah, I don't know if I have totally uh, enough faith. You think at some point it's got to kind of crash back down to earth here too. So I don't know if this is the perfect matchup necessarily to keep that going or not. But uh, so far, if you've been riding New England overs, you've been cashing ticket after ticket here. Uh, next game up we got is the Rams, L.A. Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Looks like Dallas is, what, six and a half, seven, and a total of 46 and a half? Yeah, my guess here, I guess between uh, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, so I did it that morning, Monday morning, so I was a little late than I normally am, like I said, but my guess here was Dallas minus seven, power rating Dallas seven. Opener before the game last night was Dallas minus eight. And the look at it was Dallas minus eight and a half, and yeah, after after the game, a um, little bit of movement. So, like you said, but it comes in right where I'm kind of expected it to be, and where it's sitting. It, I I don't know, and not the necessarily the game affected it that much, but just kind of uh, where the betters are going. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I think the number's right where it should be. I, I think maybe take a shot at six and a half with Dallas, but. Even then, it's I don't really even love it either. So I think it's a pretty easy stay away for me. I don't really see this number going anywhere. Either. I think it's kind of right where it should be. So I don't need to really belabor that anymore. So what's what's Dallas done this year? Who do they beat week one? They beat the Giants at home by whatever nineteen to three, and then they got drilled by the Broncos, and then they beat the Cardinals. So I I, I don't know. I I guess five and a half on this one, and I, I hate buying the Rams because I think they're. Like I've seen some people have them in the top ten in their power rankings, which I don't know who, who really cares about power rankings, but that's just more of a general point that they're getting way more respect than I think they deserve, just because they're two and one and leading the West there. So I, I just I hate buying teams like that because I don't. It's hard to imagine they're going to be undervalued. But I mean Dallas, I, I don't know. I just don't think they're a particularly impressive team themselves. The fact that they're you can get the Rams plus seven here. It seems seems like quite a few points to me. I I don't know. I just don't. Uh, I don't think that the Cowboys have really done a whole lot to to prove they should be laying that many points. Um, so I think I'm definitely interested in in the Rams. On I'll I'll take a piece of them at seven. And if there's any chance it gets to seven and a half, I'd be um, definitely uh, gonna get on that pretty good. So we'll see how it is. And as it's like I said, I'd just the the spot too they're coming off uh the thursday night game they got a couple extra days to prepare and dallas is on a short week with off a primetime game there, traveling from arizona back home so it's it seems like from a spot perspective it's a pretty good spot for the rams in my opinion 
So um, I've, I've liked their coach so far, and I think that the extra couple days probably be pretty beneficial for them. And Jason Garrett on a short week doesn't sound like a great idea. So um, uh, give me the Rams here. Next game we got is uh, Detroit at Minnesota. There's still no line on this one uh, with the Bradford injury. Uh, anything, any comments on this one? No, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of hard. To, I don't see one lineup at all in any of the books I got. So I, yeah, I, make, exactly. I make this game uh, my guess, and pretty much my power rating was a, a pick with Keenum and then about two and a half or maybe slightly higher than that, two and a half minus 120 or something like that with uh, with Bradford. But who knows? I, maybe after last week it might be a little bit closer than that. It's just kind of hard to tell because you have one good game from 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 your boy Case Keenum and one uh, you know bad game. So it's kind of kind of really tough to tell just those two. But, you know, we'll kind of wait and see what the number was posted here. I think, like you said, you released a Minnesota play late uh, on Sunday or right before the game time on Sunday. And uh, I like that, too. I didn't release it as a play, but I got on, on board with that just because I got a little worse into the number. But it seems like getting points there at home was, uh, even with the Keenum-led offense, was still a, a bargain. And obviously it was just kind of a blowout, and the score is kind of misleading. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this number comes in at. I, it's hard to imagine it's going to be anywhere outside of a pick to three range. I don't know how it could be, no matter who's playing. So I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, I just about guarantee I'm going to be on the Vikings in this game. Uh, just double revenge because basically Detroit's who sunk their season last year. They blew two games. They were late to Detroit. They had no business losing. And I just about guarantee Zimmer and a lot of the Vikings players are going to be remembered that and going to be pretty fired up to try to rectify the ship here at home. And I think, that, like I said with Chicago a little bit, I think the Vikings could be a pretty big home road dichotomy team too, which, I mean, they kind of have been for a handful of years for the most part, other than maybe one year. I think Zimmer got a, got them going on the road pretty good, but um, they're just a team that I trust a lot at home and don't totally trust on the road. So you get that defense with the crowd going at home, uh, regardless of whether it's Keenum or um, Bradford. Obviously, I like Bradford better, but I think the number is going to you know, basically reflect that. So it's not like you're gaining anything per se. Because uh, relatively, you're going to be getting the same. They're going to be valued where they are in the market. So whether I think Keenum's probably ac- accurately um, assessed the market. I think Bradford probably is too. So it doesn't really matter which one comes out as long as the price is fair, which I think it probably will be. Um, so I think the Vikings might be a tad bit underrated, even though they blew um, Tampa out last week. But more importantly, I just kinda, I want to fade Detroit. I know we talked last week in that game about how I, I'm not super high in Atlanta or Detroit. And uh, it was almost a perfect storm because Detroit ended up losing the game, but they had that fluky play there at the end where Tate was, you know, barely not crossed the goal line and a 10-second runoff and it was just a crazy finish. Um, but I, I, so basically, no one really downgraded Detroit. I think of anything, a handful of people upgraded them you know, just because they hung with Atlanta. But in a game where you win the turnover battle by three, and you still can't cover the game as a home dog, like that's. Some people are saying that's impressive that you know they had a chance to win it there at the end and whatever, but it's like to me that's not a good sign if you're winning the turnover battle by three and you still can't win the game. Uh, it's, it shows to me that you pretty much got worked pretty good um, to to not even be able to win that. So I, a lot of people too. I, I listened to three or four different uh, national podcasts where they're doing their power rankings and their top fives or whatever and. Just about across the board, people had Detroit in their top five, which I think is just absurd. I, I think Detroit's a you know a decent team, maybe you know probably an average team, but no way should they be respected as a top five team in my opinion. And I think that's what a lot of people have them. So I'm gonna be looking to fade Detroit here um, pretty consistently, I think, for most of the year, unless they start uh, you know being devalued a little bit in the marketplace. 
Uh, we got next game is Tennessee at Houston. It uh, looks like Tennessee's about a one and a half, two point favorite on the road with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my guess here Tennessee minus one. Power rating Tennessee minus two. The opener was two and a half, and the look at it was two and a half of uh, Tennessee. So, again, not really much uh, discrepancy between my number, my power rating, and what the number's at. Sitting right uh, between my number, pretty much right at it. Uh, one and a half, two, somewhere in there. So, I. I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot here. The total sitting at 43.544. I think that's uh, about right. I don't have much beef with that. Um, Tennessee's been decently impressive with Mariota. That had a pretty, again, like in uh, against that Seattle game on Sunday, they pretty slow game to start. The first half was pretty slow, slow scoring, and then they kind of came out and looked pretty decent uh, kind of like was that against Jacksonville a few weeks ago when they did the same type of deal and then uh, Seattle kind of came back at the end to make the score a little bit closer but Tennessee kind of just had control of that game didn't really do a whole lot just kind of a business trip type of uh, game and went in there and got it done and it was just decently impressive because I, uh, I had a little bit of money on Seattle and uh, they just never really even in the game uh, for the most part I mean I, I was never really confident about cashing that bet so yeah I don't know I'd I'm I don't really. I think you're kind of getting Tennessee's kind of a pretty high commodity right now, so you're not really getting any value on Tennessee. So I think the only way you could look is Houston, but I don't really want to rush the window either with Houston because they're kind of a mixed bag. So might be on the sidelines again on this one, and uh, nothing I can really uh, take advantage of so far this week. Yeah, this kind of reminds me a little bit of the New Orleans Miami game in that I just don't know what what do you really trust in this. I think Tennessee showed flashes of you know being a pretty good team and. But I still don't total. I don't. They don't think it's done really enough to convince me that I can really trust anything on them. And Houston, I mean, they're supposed to be a pretty good defense and a bad offense. And last week, you know, granted it was against the Patriots, but it was kind of the inverse. And then they, you know, they snuck by Cincy a couple weeks ago, and and they got blown out by Jacksonville week one. So I, I don't really know what to make of them either. Uh, I don't have enough confidence to back them, but I also don't. I, I'm not confident enough that they're terrible enough where I feel comfortable laying points on the road with Tennessee that I don't totally trust either. So in a game like this, um, you know, hopefully I think it should be an interesting game to watch um, for sure. And hopefully it'll be a game where you can have some takeaways for the future. But as in terms of betting this one, I think the number is pretty much where it should be and um, no strong opinion. So let's move on to the next game. Here's a good one. We got Jacksonville at the Jets. <laughs> it's kind of depressing just to even say that uh jacksonville oh well, here we go jacksonville's laying three and a half or so on the road with a total of 39 and a half you interested in some road jags this week rob yeah it's just i don't know tough to tough to talk about tough to watch tough to handicap anything so yeah my guess here jacksonville minus four and a half power rating jacksonville minus three and a half the opener at the Westgate had jacksonville minus four and a half and that was a look at line as well so yeah, kind of like I expected, some some Jets money came in. I missed the boat on that. I probably would have taken a piece of four and a half just up, judging up my power ratings. A small bet, maybe not even a huge bet, but just because the market's a little off. But now we're seeing some money come back down to three and a half, three at some of the, the sharper sharper shops. So um, I'm sure this is going to take a little bit more Jets money, but even at three and a half, I don't even really want to get involved. But I think Jets the way you got to look uh, is where you're going to get a little bit of value, just like we do all week, every week. So. After Jacksonville's big win uh, against Baltimore, who people kind of value pretty high and blew them out of the water, so I'm sure they're going to be coming in hot. But I, I just don't like Jacksonville. Just that's why I bet against them the second week with Tennessee. I just didn't like them at all coming off a big, fat, and happy win. And sure enough, they just got absolutely steamrolled by the, the Titans. And I 
I don't think it'll be a similar spot here just because of Jets, but I I think it'll be a close game, and I'd obviously be the Jets, but I just hate taking a bad number when I could have got a four and a half if I just would have done my work earlier. So it's you know spot it's on me, but um, and I'm, so I'm gonna be surprised to take a little bit more Jets money, like I said. So it's probably gonna sit in this you know three range, I would assume uh, by by kickoffs, but. So I think the Jets would be the way I lean, but I don't think it's even worthy of a bet right now. But definitely want to fade Jacksonville, I think, is what I'd want to be looking at uh, for weeks coming up here. I'm still kicking myself for not getting involved with the uh, Jags last week. So I, I tweeted out right before the game. I'm like, boy, do I like the Jags. But it was all the way down to three. And I'm like, I just can't force myself to take three points when I could have got four or four and a half earlier in the week. So I was super frustrated with that, um, even though I said I did okay and a lot of other spots, but that was just kind of, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, it's just frustrating leaving money on the table because it is pretty tough to take advantage. So when there's something that you see fairly clear, it just sucks when you miss the boat on it. Uh, in terms of this spot, yeah, it's like you want to fade Jacksonville, but you also have the Jets coming off. You know, it might have to be one of their few wins of the season and a pretty dominating effort against a division rival. Uh, now they get a Jacksonville team that, they might not take super seriously, which is kind of ridiculous talking about a terrible team. But um, so it's it's just not really a great spot on the Jets. But at the same time, yeah, Jacksonville. One of they've been blowing people out and then coming back strong either, and then traveling back from London. And I know that every team gets the option to take their bye uh, post London week, and both Jacksonville and Baltimore this week uh, decided not to do that. So uh, I think the markets have. They've kind of bet against both teams, so I don't know if that's coincidence or if uh, you know there's going to be a little bit of fade money on the teams that are coming back without a buy with the travel. So you know the travel is pretty taxing when you're talking about going across the pond and time zones and the length of the flight and everything. So I won't be surprised at all if it's just kind of a blind market fade of those teams. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if uh, New Orleans and Miami are taking buys after this week or not, but it'll be interesting to see if the markets uh, continue to react to those post London weeks the same way or not so on this one I don't really have much of an opinion like like you I think I would I'd lean Jets if you force me to pick and just take the hook and see what happens and if you get bad Blake Bortles you know it might three and a half might be a lot of points to try to have to overcome but at the same time there's not a whole lot of faith in the Jets to be taking such a short number either so this isn't really a game I have a whole lot of interest in watching but it'll I mean it'll make a TV but uh, you know I'd Probably not going to be involved here from a betting perspective. Yeah, just to further up your point there, um, yeah, the Saints are taking their bye, but it looks like the, the Dolphins aren't, so kind of interesting there for week five. Especially the Dolphins, if – not necessarily that they're completely well, actually, correlated, they, but – They already took their bye, Jackson, they? That's right, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. But if uh, Jacksonville and Baltimore get trucked this week, you know, maybe that's something you want to look at Miami with their – Traveling out to San Diego, then up to uh, up to New York, and then to London, and then I don't know where they're playing. Where do you know where they're playing next week? No. It's got to be home, right? No, they yeah, to home. In Tennessee at home, yeah. Okay, so and then then back to Miami. Like that's you're going west coast, southeast coast, northeast London. Like that's a lot of travel in a four week stretch. So if uh, the, the post London teams don't come off looking good this week, that might be a pretty good fade of Miami. Uh, next week depending on the you know the number obviously but uh, that's definitely an angle to kind of keep in mind and uh, you know hopefully we can take advantage of here you know as early as next week if not more games here in the future 
so next up we got Cincinnati at Cleveland. Another garbage matchup. Uh, Cincinnati's about a three-point favorite, maybe three minus 120 with a total of 40 or so. Yeah, my guess here, Cincy minus three. Power rating, Cincy minus three. Opener was Cincy minus two and a half. And the look ahead was Cincy minus one and a half. Again, here I had a little bit of value in Cincy if you would have got to the number right away, uh, which I didn't. But I would have, judging about the power range, would have been betting Cincy another probably wager on them right away if I would have got to the numbers. But market already took over, and now we're seeing some three with juice or three and a half, like you said. So value is extracted, and I'm sure we'll see uh, either some Cleveland money or it might even go a little bit higher. But I'm sitting right where I expect it to sit, and uh, I guess if it gets a three and a half, I'll have to decide if I want to bite my bite my tongue with Cleveland or not, but I don't think I will, but that'd be uh, after I miss that boat, I'm, I'm not going to be taking Cincinnati, I know that, so if I wanted to take little Kaiser at home in a divisional game, I, I don't know, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but right now I'll be uh, sitting on the sidelines uh, yet again. Yeah, just, <laughs> you couldn't force me to lay a little bit of extra juice to lay three on the road with Cincy against anybody right now, but on the flip side of the coin, I don't think you could force me to bet Cleveland taking a shorted number as three. So I just, uh, I don't know. I'd, from a totals, yeah, maybe you look over. Both these teams kind of were in shootouts last week and maybe have a little bit of potential with the offense rolling, but it's a division matchup. And I'd say both their defenses are better than their offenses. So 40 is probably fairly accurate. I don't you know. This is another game where, yeah, it's. Just not a not a whole lot of red meat here. <laughs> it's just a pretty lean pick, and so I, I don't think there's much to both these teams. I mean, since he put up a good fight against Green Bay, but I think both these teams are pretty much kind of who we thought they'd been here for a couple weeks, and uh, the number's probably where it should be, and I'm not going to be involved. Yeah, I just want to say I forgot to add. I got a small bet on that over. I got a 39.5 at, uh, at win, so I went ahead and put that in at the over, but, yeah, I don't think it's a – I don't think it's a bet of the year type of thing or anything, but I think that's just a little too low. I think both these teams, especially after Cincy got it going a little bit, we'll see if they can keep it going. But I think that'd be a small lean to the over, especially if you can get under 40. A number. Yeah, the one thing I'll I'll say about Kaiser for Cleveland is I, I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out of Notre Dame. But in that indie game, that was, you know, we had nine games going in the early games last week. We got eight TVs here in the the Indy Cleveland game. I was switching in and out with the Dolphins Jets game. I couldn't figure out which one of those was worse. But for the, some of the throws I did see Kaiser make, he he made a couple bad ones, you know, as you'd expect from a rookie. But he did make a couple of pretty nice throws that I was impressed with. That it's one of those things where yeah, you have to become more consistent as you get older. But there's some quarterbacks that you just don't make certain throws ever they just don't even have that type of throw in them and there's a couple he had where guys were just running on the sidelines and he was just dropping dimes 40 yards downfield and uh, granted it was against indy's defense but they he flashed a little bit so i wouldn't be surprised if um, he was at least a respectable quarterback at some time here in the future that i might be a little bit interested in backing but um you know not not quite yet and not necessarily in this price range so uh off of one AFC North battle into another one, we got Pittsburgh at Baltimore here. It looks like Pittsburgh's laying about three on the road or two and a half with a lot of juice, and uh, forty-one and a half or forty-two the total. Yeah, my power rate, or my guess here, Pittsburgh minus two and a half. Power rating, Pittsburgh minus three. The opener, Pittsburgh minus two and a half, and the look ahead was a a pick actually. So there's a 
that's you know that's the start of my handicap basically just look at the numbers you can see how much overly you know how much is adjusted from one week to the next and clearly a big adjustment made here just from a pick to a pretty much a three uh otherwise two and a half with a lot of juice like you said so but normally i'd say okay there's some value on baltimore but i was kind of low on baltimore before that that london game so i don't know if i'm going to be rushing the window to bet on baltimore but you know you're kind of paying a little bit more of a premium and, and pittsburgh really hasn't even showed us much i haven't seen you know they lost lost outright last week and granted it was an overtime but that's a game they should win and um they didn't and uh they're often nothing's really clicking on offense and defense is if you know if you're getting if you're getting beat up by the bears on on off on defense by their offense that's not a never a good sign but uh, like you said the bears have looked better at home so but the, the Pittsburgh just really doesn't look right, and not that I don't think they're going to get together by the towards the end of the season, but right now I don't think they're still in, in midseason form. So, but then you have Baltimore that I'm not too high on either. So I think, uh, like I said, maybe get a tad bit of value on Baltimore if you want to pick up a three. But I'm uh, kind of waiting to see here. I don't I don't love that, but that'd be the way I'm looking is uh, taking taking three at Baltimore. Yeah, I basically completely echo your thoughts across the board. Um, I, I want to bet against Baltimore, but this isn't the spot. If anything, the value is on Baltimore here, even though I have no interest in betting on them. So, um, you know, I'm just going to stay away. Uh, Pittsburgh just doesn't seem right either. So it'll be interesting how long or if they end up getting it together. And if there is, they finally do, if there is some value, um, in a situation like this, like if they had their offense clicking, I'd have no problem laying two and a half, three here, but just the way it is now. Um, yeah, I just can't force myself to do it. And, uh, that's Baltimore is kind of like, uh, for me, like a Detroit or Atlanta that I've just been lower on than the rest of the market, even though they're all, you know, different teams and whatnot. Those are just teams that I consistently, I'm kind of trying to look to bet against, but just not really the spot here to do it. So I'm going to reluctantly pass this one and just go to the next game. This is the last of the early games. Looks like we got how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Got eight early games this week, which is the perfect amount for me. <laughs> uh, the last one we got is Buffalo at Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's laying eight at home with a total of 48 and a half. And my guess here, Atlanta minus eight and a half. Power rating, Atlanta minus eight. Opener, Atlanta eight and a half. Look ahead, it was Atlanta nine. I mean, again, it just comes right into my power rating. Um, <laughs> right at eight. So, I mean, it's kind of hard. You can't really... You can't force a game. You can't force a bet. And when it comes in right where I want it to be or where I think it should be, it's you, you can't do anything. So a lot of times the market's going to move on a few of these games and there'll be some opinions and then I can kind of fade those opinions. But uh, right now I just don't have much to to do with the game. And you got that high total, 50, or not not super high, but slightly higher than the rest of them, 50, 48, 48 and a half. And I, I, I think if I had to, I think I'd go over. I don't know. It's just hard to bet this Atlanta team under. I think they've... They've kind of surprised me. I think they've looked better than I expected them to after the Super Bowl hangover. They've been obviously they're undefeated, but they and a few close wins. They could be one and two very easily, but I I expect them. I don't know. I didn't expect them to be as good as they were. Um, just like I said, I come off the even like Carolina when they came out their Super Bowl hangover, how bad they looked. Uh, kind of looked expected to perform in someone like that, but they've been somewhat impressive accordingly to that. So we'll see if they can keep that up, and I would expect them to come out pretty hot here at home and. I think this would be a higher scoring affair, but last time I bet at that Buffalo over a few weeks ago against Carolina, it kind of uh, went flat in my face, so I don't know. We'll see about that if Buffalo can get their offense together. They kind of did last week, but I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I think that I'd have a small lean to the over, especially if you get it at 48. 
Yeah, here's a spot where I'd love to take Buffalo, getting the eight, but just not really. Just again, it's not really quite the right spot. Like you just kind of get a feel um, whether it's the right spot to to back them or not. And after the pretty impressive win against Denver last week for them, yeah, they're probably feeling pretty good. Now they're going on the road and and Atlanta. Who knows how great a home field advantage that new stadium is it looked pretty good against the Packers when they won pretty easily there a couple weeks ago but that was in prime time in the opener so who knows if there was some emotion there and that's kind of faded a little bit now the second game uh, not in prime time and you know and coming off of three straight wins uh, you know last one on the road against the Lions and that pretty stressful game there late uh, you know who knows maybe they exert a lot of energy and they Buffalo can kind of sneak up on them and I'd love that if Buffalo didn't expend a ton of energy taking it to Denver and probably feeling really good about themselves this week. And they're, uh, you know, two and one. And they're, so they're tied with the Pats there for the lead in their division. I'm sure they're feeling pretty good about themselves too. So it just kind of sucks that you kind of get one side of the equation on both teams and they just kind of butt heads and there's just not really uh, anything that lines up here. So I think. I think that if anything, the number is slightly too high, but I also just don't trust Buffalo enough to to hang in there, and don't really love the spot really either. So I think I I agree with you slightly. Uh, I think this number might be a touch too low because I think Atlanta is a pretty much dead nuts over team. But the thing that would scare me a little bit about that is I think Buffalo's, despite what they did last week, I'd say if anything, they're a little bit more of an under team. And I mean, even last week they only had 42 points total in their game. So this, I think, is a pretty high number for a Buffalo game, but it's also kind of a low number for an Atlanta game. So I guess I don't really don't have much of an opinion on the total. So I'll just move on to the afternoon games here. Uh, the first one we got is uh, the Giants at Tampa. It's like Tampa's about a three-point favorite and a total of 43.5. Yeah, my gut's here, Tampa minus four. My power rating, Tampa minus three. The opener was Tampa Bay minus four and a half, and the look ahead was Tampa Bay minus six. So I, here you can see a pretty big adjustment made from that look ahead. And again, kind of kicking myself. There's a few games here that I just didn't get to my numbers right away like I normally do. I was coming back from Reno and kind of in a hurry to get back to watch the games and kind of all messed up and uh, didn't get it get it done. So this is a game I'd have been all over. Probably would have been my biggest play of the week if I can get uh, – if it would, would have got jumped on the Giants at 4.5 because I think that number is too high. I'd, obviously, it's judging off my power ratings. and uh I think that's mostly injury-related, too, because Tampa's down, like, five defensive starters. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got a lot of injuries, exactly. Um, but then Giants kind of came back at the end of the game there, too. Uh, looked a little bit impressive, but you can see how big of a, an effect OBJ has on that team when he was playing good. I mean, that one catch he had was unbelievable uh, on the sideline there. That was uh, phenomenal. And then uh, he just made another catch, too, and just looked really good. And So their offense – gets a little bit better and I know everyone getting giving Manning a, a pretty hard time but even I was gonna say it last week on the podcast even but he, he he definitely looks a little older and all that stuff but I mean he had some pretty good throws this was two weeks ago I'm talking about now that he threw him right on the money and they just the receivers would drop him so I mean and his offensive line's been pretty shaky too uh, shaky to awful so he's definitely to blame to a certain extent but I don't think he's been the, the the full problem there on that offense and I think he looked a little bit better last week but definitely not uh Still, you know, I'd say below average. So, um, but yeah, that's, I think this number sitting right where I'd expect it or where I think it should be. And I think this is where it's going to go off at. So I think all the value is kind of extracted and 43 and a half, 44 in that total seems, seems right where it should be, I would think too. So, 
Um, I think I can't really do much with this game now. Now that the numbers moved. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not an Eli believer at all. I think he's like I don't want to say well below average because the quarterback play in the league, in general in the league is so bad. But I don't think he's a good quarterback at all at this point in his career. Um, I know that I, I was listening to something. I forgot what it was, but they were saying that against the Eagles last week. He had, I think, like 75% of his throws he got out in like two seconds or less. And uh, the theory behind that was they were just trying to do their line so bad that they were trying to avoid getting them beat up. And the Phillies cornerbacks and this corner secondary in general was so beat up that they were kind of playing off the uh, Giants receivers quite a bit. So you just basically drop back and just fire it out immediately to try to avoid getting hit. And they said that worked fine against Philly secondary, but if you get a secondary that's not beat up, that's not going to work at all, and he's just going to start getting demolished and play even worse than he than he has. Uh, the problem here is they're going up against Tampa, who when we were watching, me and Ollie were watching the Vikes game last week against Tampa, and every time you turn around and look at the screen, there's another defensive player on the field for Tampa. It got to the point where it was like if you felt bad, but you, were just, you had to laugh. You're like, my goodness, just, you know, they're going, dropping like flies here. And uh, who knows how long-term a lot of those are, but um, I think that's probably has a lot to do with the line move down here. So I, I, just when you look at this number, Tampa laying three against the Giants, it's like, boy, you want to just hammer Tampa. But um, until you know how, how like there's not any individual player on Tampa that's going to move a line, even like McCoy, he's, you know, as good as he is, he's not going to move a line. But when you start having cluster injuries and um, – at one position or just uh, on, on a defense as a whole, um, you know, a cluster of players where you start having to play third string guys or multiple second string guys on a unit that can definitely have a pretty giant effect. So, um, as much as I'd like to play Tampa at three, I just don't really trust the injury situation and I don't like the giants at all. So I think it's probably a pass for me. Uh, we got Philadelphia at the Chargers here. It's kind of an intriguing game. The Chargers are about a one-point favorite at home with a four, total of 47, 47 and a half. Yeah, my guess here, Philadelphia minus one and a half. My power rating was a pick. The opener was Philly minus one, and that was a look ahead as well. It's a little bit of Chargers money coming in. Um, kind of a little surprised by that. I didn't really, I've seen even at South Point, it's up to two. So it looks like it's heading in that direction. I, I don't know if we'll get to three or not. I highly doubt it, but even a two, two and a half kind of surprises me. Not that that's a huge uh, difference in the number, but like I said, I thought it'd be kind of in the, sitting in this pick range. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of hard with the LA Chargers. It's kind of the same story every every year or every game. They kind of, well, I guess not as much last game, but they kind of just uh, can't get it together and kind of blow it or whatever happens. And Last, you know, like I said last week, not as much, but you kind of, I kind of expected. I think I texted you, which I was dead wrong about that. The Rivers have a pretty good second half and come out blowing, you know, blowing them up in uh, Kansas City, and couldn't have been further from the truth. So I don't know what uh, something's just off there, and they just don't uh, can't move the ball, and their defense is average, I guess. I don't know. Everyone thought they'd be a top five defense. I don't think that's panned out like they've said it has, and I think they're maybe average or slightly above average, but. This is just a tough game for me to handicap. I give char- the Chargers basically no home field advantage. So it's basically like a, if you take out the home field here, it's pretty much a pick pick em game. I think their home field's worth about one, one and a half. So I'd, I'd, I'd want to lean towards Philly. I just judge about my power ratings and where I think this should be. But even that, I don't really, I'm not really in love with that bet. But I think I'd have a small lean towards Philadelphia here. 
Yeah, I think this kind of has the feel of a sharp square divide, don't you think? Where the sharps are on the Chargers and the public's on Philly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't really have a good feel in this game, to be honest. Well, there's already been some early money on the Chargers, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's sharp money. There's no way the public's hammering Chargers earlier in the week at, at this price. Um, and, you know, Philly at 2-1 and one and the Chargers at 0-3. I'm guessing there's a little bit of sharper sentiment saying, well, the Chargers are going to be desperate in 0-3. It's like, well, yeah, that's true, but they were 0-2 and desperate last week, and that didn't do them any good. So how much stock do you really want to put in that? And then, you know, Philly comes back and wins a game they probably should have lost or, you know, at least gone to overtime against the Giants. So in a division game, uh, you know, they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves and then flying across country. So I think I – think you know, Philly is a better team, and like you said, there's not a whole lot of home field advantage, so I think that's probably the way I'd look, but um, it also, I, I after jumping on the Chargers last week when I thought it looked like a pretty good spot for them, I could definitely see myself jumping in on Philly here and, and then having the Chargers play the game this week I thought they should have played last week and just being pissed off the whole time I'm watching it, which, you know, knock on wood, hopefully isn't the case, but um, you know, I'll probably be in, on Philly's side, but um, not not super confident. Now maybe put a small wager on them and pick them in pools and whatnot. But um, yeah, that'll be this will be one that I'm pretty interested to watch. Uh, I think from from both sides of the equation to see see how it plays out. Uh, next game up we got is San Francisco at Arizona. Just an absolute garbage uh, NFC West showdown here. Is Arizona really laying seven or are those stale numbers? No, it's pretty much seven. I see a six and a half and. Seven, okay, pretty much across the board. I wonder, I wonder why it's off the board here at a couple places, and the totals off the board at like four places. I don't know. I yeah. see that in a few spots. I don't know why. Looking at the injuries, I don't really see. I don't see much. Um, I mean, obviously David Johnson's up. That's the only key injury that I really see. But that's obviously well known. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Strange. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe Eric Reed on the 49ers side, the safety, but <laughs> that's kind of getting <laughs> no a little stretch. Yeah, I don't know what else it could really be, to be honest. So, hmm. um, but yeah. Anyway, my guess here, Arizona minus six. Just wondering if Palmer's going to make it and live through the week. <laughs> yeah, he's going to die of old age. Uh, in the ice buckets. Sunday. Yeah. Um, no, my guess here, Arizona minus six and a half. Power rating six and a half. Opener was six, and the look at it was six and a half. So yeah, pretty much uh, six and a half, seven. So. Again, I, I just don't know really what to do with it. I, I don't really want to be laying points with, with Arizona, especially this many points, uh, over seven, seven or more. So uh, maybe even at six and a half, I don't really want to. That seems even too high. But then you come back and look at that San Francisco team with, with Hoyer. So it's like I I, I just don't uh, – they, you know, they had a pretty good performance, offense performance on that uh, the Thursday night affair. Uh, but – I don't know. I just don't really trust the, trust that team, and it's just it seems like a hard game to, to, to handicap here. It's pretty much right where I, I think it should be, and I don't really know. I mean, it's a, a thing, you know, a deal where I'll take San Francisco if I have to, if it gets any higher. But I just don't really see that happening. But uh, just blindly take them. But I just don't really, uh, again, don't, just don't really have any feel, and that's kind of how this whole card has been this week. It's hard to give any opinions when you just don't. You're really not too far off your power range. You just can't really do much with them. So I'm going to make a case here, and I could be totally wrong, and you might be playing this back in 10 weeks and laughing at me, but you know how every every year there's a uh, team or two in week one that just plays like 
way off of where they are the rest of the season and kind of throws you off the scent in a good or bad way. If you you could make the case that San Francisco, who I was you know decently high on coming into the year and thought they could be a pretty frisky team, and you know they they drilled the Vikings in the third preseason game, which you know doesn't say a whole lot, but and I just thought that with Shanahan and even Hoyer, who was fairly confident. Like I figured they were going to be a pretty pretty pesky team and and cover a lot of numbers, figuring they'd be pretty big underdogs. Well, they they got smoked by Carolina at home in Week One and just looked horrific, and Basically, I was off. I had them in week one, and I was off board, and a lot of sharp betters were off board, and the public never liked them. So that just kind of reinforced that. Then week two, they're catching what thirteen and a half, fourteen again at Seattle. Who you know, Seattle's say what you want about them; they're not any great shakes themselves. But they only lost that game by three, and you know, very easily could have won that. And then against the Rams, they were kind of in a back and forth deal, and they fell down a little bit, but then they came all the way back and only lost by two. Um, so, I mean, maybe there's a chance that they're closer to that kind of pesky team that I thought they were going to be in that Panthers game, just kind of an outlier. And if that's the case, catching seven against this garbage Arizona team on a short week, you know, that's, that's pretty intriguing to me. So I think I'm going to take the leap of faith here and, uh, take a little San Francisco plus seven and, and, you know, hope they can keep it close against Arizona. They got a couple extra days rest coming off a Thursday game. Arizona's on a short week. Is that the same? Yeah, so both the Thursday games uh, teams from last week are playing both Monday night teams. So I think I might be interested in both of them with a couple extra days rest against both the teams with a short week. So I'll be on San Francisco here. Haven't haven't officially made the bet yet or released it, but I'd say this is one that has a fairly high likelihood of being an official release for me here by the end of the week. Any any um any feel or prediction for this line's going to go anywhere? No, not really. I I like I said, I think it's going to be sitting right at seven. Uh, I don't. I really don't even see any San Francisco buying at seven. I think if it ticks up any higher, I think you're going to get immediate buyback at seven and a half. Like I said, I'll be on it too at seven and a half. But I think seven's where it's got to be. Um, I don't really see much movement either way. Yeah, I think that probably feels about right. I was just kind of curious if you had any opinion on that. It looks like South Point um, bounced from seven to six and a half, and they only do minus one ten. They don't mess around with the juice, so maybe there are some, you know, some sharper, sharper guys buying it at seven. So they're probably just going to six and a half to get Arizona money, and they still haven't moved it back to seven. So maybe they're hard, uh, hard fought to find that money. So maybe it is an indicator that if we see anything, it might see some San Francisco money, even if it is at seven. Although I'm not really sold on that. This feels like one of those on Sunday morning you wake up and it might start ticking down a touch to me, but we'll see. I- could be wrong on that. I might be a little bit more infatuated with San Francisco still than than most people. Um, so the last of the afternoon games we got is Oakland Denver. Finally, a pretty good matchup here. Uh, looks like Denver is about a two and a half with Juice favorite at home, or three with Juice towards Oakland, and uh, forty six and a half total. Yeah, my guess here is Denver minus one. My power rating Denver minus two and a half. My the opener Denver minus one, and the look head was Denver minus one and a half. I mean, almost every game here is just the same type of deal. My guess kind of comes in right where the the opener's at, and then the the line feeds over to where my power rating is, or it stays there if it's pretty close. So it's almost like uh, the market's looking at my my Excel sheet that I'm going with and and copying it or something. But uh, again, there's not not much here uh, for me. I I think they maybe get a tad bit of value on Oakland. I think they might come back after the performance they had against Washington and kind of just get embarrassed on. on prime time there 
but at the same time, Denver looked almost as bad against against Buffalo. So um, they're kind of both got to come back with a chip on their shoulder. And I was kind of high on Denver. I knew that number was out of whack last week, and I hopped on it right away at minus one on the road there. And then it got bet all the way up to I got it, and I took back Buffalo at three and a half uh, for even more money uh, once that line kept climbing. So. Denver is obviously pretty high in the marketplaces and the people that backed him kind of got burned. So, uh, but you're kind of seeing the same thing here again. Um, so kind of shocked it got up here this quick up to this number. I'm even seeing some flat threes, but it, uh, doesn't really surprise me, but I, like I said, I didn't think it'd get up here this quick, but I think the, you might get a tad bit of value on Oakland if anywhere, but, uh, even this Denver team might just be a team, like you said, with some of, what was it? Another team that you said it might be a split. I think Chicago that might be good at home and bad on the road. I think Denver's got might be the another team that might be a lot like that, where they're especially Simeon being comforted at home and stuff with all the crowd noise and all the other distractions. He might be pretty solid, but I, I wasn't really too high on Simeon, so maybe it's just an outlier. The first few games he had that he looked so looked so good. So if that's that case, and you look at buying that, I think I might just have to look to the Oakland side, and if it gets uh, flat three at uh, flat three at the whole marketplace, I might be releasing as a plan Oakland just kind of take a shot and in, in divisional game like that yeah it's just frustrating because it just seems like there's a lot of similar type teams matched up together and this is oh, exactly. these are both teams I'd like to buy on but obviously when they're playing against each other you can't buy on both <laughs> Exactly. I think yeah the Denver coming back home off that Buffalo game it just sucks that you can't get on them but without having to you know, fade an Oakland team that I think should be primed for pretty good effort and i think they're both pretty good teams overall um so yeah i'd say i want to take the oakland bounce back off the redskins game even though i didn't i didn't see any of that game because i was at the weekend concert but i just i can imagine that uh you know losing by 17 against a mediocre washington team on on sunday night they're going to be primed and ready to come back strong and give a pretty good effort against Denver and well, likewise that, for Denver. Even so. that score was a little deceiving too because Washington just blew, them out, blew the doors off of Oakland and that final score was a little deceiving even, so it's kind of, yeah, a little telling. Okay. Yeah, so I guess in this one it just kind of sucks. It should be a good game to watch, um, but unfortunately I can't really do a whole lot from uh, from a betting angle. So Sunday night game is... Not uh, the most interesting. We got Indianapolis at Seattle. Seattle laying 13, total of 41.5. Yeah, my guess here is Seattle minus 13. My power rating minus 9.5 Seattle. My opener was Seattle minus 12.5, and, and the look head was Seattle minus 14.5. And, a half. and uh, yeah, I just judge on my power rating, I think you, you have to take a shot here with Indy if you're going to look anywhere. I mean, I don't know how you trust Seattle laying this, this many points against anybody right now. And Indy looked a little frisky, which... But they almost blew that game against Cleveland. I had a little bit of Indy in my pocket there, uh, getting points at home against Cleveland last week. But they almost, like I said, almost blew it. But they had, you know, showed some signs of being at least capable and getting almost two touchdowns here against Seattle. I think uh, that'd be the way I have to go until Seattle shows me that they can do something. And this would normally be a spot like even last year where you'd say, okay, they have a bad game, and then they come back and just win, blow the doors off of somebody. But Seattle's been in a, what, another spot like that against San Francisco earlier this year, and they didn't show anything really uh, or anything close to that. So, uh, what are you talking about? They got four field goals on the board. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. Yeah, so I think uh, you know, just some, about covered the thirteen here. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that'd be the way I look at uh, Indianapolis, and I I don't even see this line. Normally, I'd say you'd wait till game time and and take uh, Indy. You probably find a fourteen, but I don't really even see that any market or anything really 
perking up that way. Um, but I think I'll kind of wait and see if what the market does. Cause if I, even if I get a 12 or 12 and a half, I think it's still going to be an okay bet. But if you can get a 14, that's a key number, almost as a key number is seven. So, uh, I think, uh, that's what I'm going to wait for. Kind of wait through this market shaped up. I'll probably be on Indy just cause that's where you, know, you got to get a little bit of value. Like I said, I don't think Seattle's at any business laying this many points. Yeah, I would agree. That was my first reaction. You look at Seattle and they lose to the Packers and only score nine points. Then they come back and beat the Niners 12-9 at home. And then they go to Tennessee and lose by six. So uh, if they do cover the 13 here, it's going to be a pretty big departure from anything they've shown this year. Um, and I, I think you mentioned it too. You know, In years past when they're an elite team and they had a huge home field advantage, you'd expect them to come back here and kind of – make good and and blow somebody out and and cover this kind of number but i just don't know if they're capable of that with their their line issues and and even their defenses it's still good but i don't think it's quite as good as it's been necessarily in years past so um, from the seattle side of the equation i definitely think this is too many points to be laying but then if you look at indy a couple weeks ago after they lost by you know a million to the Rams, people were saying, oh, they're the worst team in the league. They're, some people were saying the worst team in the league by far. And then they come back and they lose the, a trash Cardinals team at home. And then they barely sneak by a Browns team at home. So it's like, eh. if you know, probably played two of the worst four teams in the league other than them in the last couple of weeks to maybe build up their image a little bit to kind of give you some false faith in them that they can kind of keep it close. So I I really want to take Indy here, but I just don't. I just know if I got to the window with them and locked in a whatever 13 or whatever it is at game time, and then they end up going out there and losing by 30, I'd just be kicking myself like, dude, you should have saw that coming. So it's that's the only way I'd bet it. There's no chance I'd ever be laying Seattle here. So in my pools and whatnot, I'll be taking Indy um, somewhat reluctantly, but I just don't think I'm going to quite get there um, with my own money. So... We'll we'll see. It's not a game I'm particularly interested in watching either, but I'll probably have it on there Sunday night to to check in and see if there's anything we can take out of it. So finally we close here um, with a Monday nighter. We got Washington at Kansas City. Kansas City six and a half, seven, with a total of forty nine, forty nine and a half. Yeah, my guess here, Kansas City minus six and a half. My power rating, Kansas City minus six. The opener before the game last night was Kansas City minus eight. And then it reopened at Kansas City minus six and a half. And look ahead, Kansas City minus eight and a half. Um, yeah, I this is another game kind of you know, maybe slightly too high. Maybe getting a probably point of value on Washington. Um, I was on them last night. Or, I'm sorry, two nights ago. Did I say last night? Two nights ago, I meant to say. Um, on the Sunday night affair against Oakland, uh, Washington you know, looked pretty good. And I think this is, if you're going to, you're not going to be getting any bargains on Kansas City. I can tell you that. Um, they've looked about as good as you can look after beating New England the first week and kind of just kept it, kept it rolling all season long so far. So they're about, I think, about the highest stock you're going to buy on any team right now, I'd say. And uh, so I, I'm kind of surprised it's not even a tad higher almost looking at it again. That's it's right where my power, or my uh, guess was, was, six and a half, but it's a little bit of money came in on Washington after that performance. So it would have been interesting to see if Washington would have played really bad on Sunday night, if where this number would have gone, it might've ticked up even more. So we're seeing a pretty fairly big adjustment. Um, so I, I don't know if I want to take a shot with Washington at seven, because after, you know, another primetime game back to back, it's, 
you know, that's what kind of everybody's thinking that they look so good. But at the same time, it's just Kansas City laying points, and then you're, like I said, you're buying in such a high, high value here, or not, not, not much value. You're just buying such a high stock on Kansas City, so another high total. So it's just another game where it's just <laughs> so close to my power ratings, and I just don't really have a feel. And hopefully, some of these numbers start moving later in the week, so I can buy back on them or something because there's just really not much going on this week after a pretty big week last week for I liked almost everything on the not liked them but there's just a lot of value on the board you can just kind of tell from all those home dogs where this week it's kind of just uh, almost the exact opposite yeah I'm just kind of annoyed why can't Washington be playing Denver and Oakland be playing Kansas City here there's just both these teams I kind of want to bet against Kansas City like about as highly valued as any team in the league and Washington coming off a huge primetime blowout where they looked pretty good against a respectable team so it's like your initial reaction is fade fade but it's like well when they're playing each other you can't fade them both so uh, it's pretty frustrating i don't totally trust washington enough to only be taking seven or less but i also have no interest in laying with kansas city right now so for me it's unfortunately a pretty easy pass and just kind of wish the matchups um, played out a little bit differently so uh, there would have been a little bit more opportunity here, but it's one of those things you just can't can't get angry or you know can't get uh, antsy and start forcing stuff. And there's still another what 13 weeks after this, so there'll be plenty more opportunities where you'll get some uh, you know b- better matchups that uh, just kind of fit situations better. So this at least this one should be hopefully an interesting game to watch. But uh, I'll be on the sidelines unless the number goes totally haywire here. Uh, going forward in the week so that'll do her with uh, the recap of all the games from week four um, before we finish the podcast here let's jump into our uh, pick of the week the as pick of the week so i got a draw there last week with that uh under and, and you had the the square bear teaser with the pittsburgh and green bay essentially down to a pick or so and uh, the steelers fell through for you there so you're what one and two on the season now yeah, no business winning that game, even like, even the teaser. It's just uh, Pittsburgh's luck even get to overtime there. But, yeah, 1-2, and two, I believe, on the season. And I'm 1-1-1, one, one and one, so unless there's a fourth outcome, I'm going to have to <laughs> break one of those ones here this week. Uh, so it looks like I keep the tee box again, just uh, doing enough to hold you off here. Yeah. As was almost getting to a full year here of me being first on the tee box. Um, yeah, this, this week... Um, not sure. There's a couple different ways I go with this. I wish that Minnesota number was up because I would just about for sure that be my pick of the week as long as it was wasn't totally out of whack. Minnesota minus seven. Um, yeah, yeah, no problem playing seven there with uh, with Keenum. Um, no, I guess um, I think I've made a couple of my strongest opinions pretty clear, but I think I will end up taking uh, the seven with San Francisco at Arizona. Seems like a lot in the division game with two pretty garbage teams and one I'll take the extra rest and and the seven points. Where are you going? Yeah, it's just just a tough board. I don't know. Like I said, there's really not. I don't really have much opinions and um, just with these current numbers too, I I have a feel feeling like a few of them that are going to move a little bit that I might be able to get take advantage of later. But between two games and it's just kind of tough. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Even then, I kind of want to take Miami, but then it's just you know, I always think of that travel, how hard that is. And you know, I think I'll just I'm gonna take Oakland. I think whatever two and a half, they're getting two and a half with uh, reduced juice. I don't know how we just do a two and a half flat or what, but 
it uh, I'll just take Oakland against Denver there on the road, uh, getting two and a half. All right. So I got San Francisco plus seven. You got Oakland plus two and a half. And uh, hopefully we can bounce back from a 0-1-1 week there with their picks of the week. Uh, you got anything here to plug, Rob, or any closing thoughts? No, not a whole lot. Um, one thing, I want to like that New Orleans-Miami game. I know you mentioned that. You like that overseas game. and that's, I know last week when I was in Reno, I think I was just about going to bed when that game was starting. So it's kind of tough to, to catch any of that. But hopefully this week I'll be a little bit, I guess now I'll be home with you. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. I'll be home and be able to watch all eight TVs and be able to handicap and watch the games together. Yeah, definitely. You know, luckily, last week you didn't miss anything with that Blake Bortles beat down there in the London game. But So hopefully this one will be a little bit better uh, when you're back home and watching all the games. And hopefully we can get a week as exciting as last week was with all those good games. But uh, anyway, well, thanks for jumping on the pod here, Rob. Um, best of luck to everybody out there in week four. And we'll be back next week recapping week four and talking week five here on the Around Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.